to But What's Next with me, Michelle Reed. Today's episode is probably one of my most exciting because it is with my husband, Aiden. This is an episode that we have been wanting to do. And honestly, you guys know he's not a huge part of my podcast or my YouTube channel, but I just think the more that I listen to podcasts and the more that I'm on here, the more I think it's the best platform to kind of share more about our life together. And so I'm really excited. We just answered a lot of Q&A questions, questions I've gotten over the years and also questions that I got from this game called We're Not Really Strangers, which is kind of like a get to know you game. It's really fun. I did it with my sister Jamie when I did an episode with her. But yeah, we talked about a lot of different random things like his perspective on me doing YouTube full time, how we met, by finances, struggles of getting married, all those things. And obviously I talk about all these topics on my own, but it's very much different getting his perspective. So I thought it would be a fun episode to do on here. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I guess I'll share a bit of a life update for this podcast episode for me right now. I'm actually recording this on Sunday. We did this very late into the week. We had such a hectic weekend and honestly just week in general. We had a baby shower. We celebrated my sister Jamie's birthday, which was really fun. It was just a very active weekend. And we're also going to Wimberley on Thursday, which I'm so excited. We're going to spend the weekend in Wimberley, which is kind of in the hill country of Austin. We have a super cute Airbnb that we're going to go to and I'm going to be vlogging this trip. So if you guys want to watch it, feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel. But going on these weekend trips in Texas is one of my favorite things. It honestly just makes me really appreciate Texas and how much there is out there and how much you can honestly travel in the state that you're in and you don't even have to fly anywhere and there's just so much out there and it always makes me appreciate living here so I'm really excited. We're going to bring cash. We were hoping to find somewhere where we could swim but a lot of the kind of swimming holes in Austin that's kind of one thing they're known for. They have all these really pretty swimming holes Weirdly enough, you have to reserve a lot of them now and they were booked up for a month in advance. So I kind of had a scour. We're still trying to find some place to swim, but hopefully we'll be able to find somewhere where we can swim and honestly just have a chill weekend. I just wanted to have a weekend for two of us. Most of our vacations are with like family members and everything, which is super fun, but I thought it'd be fun just to do something the two of us. So We are going down there, which I'm really excited for, and just doing work stuff in between, but that is kind of all for my life update. I don't have too much to share, and obviously this episode is a bit longer, so I might just roll into it, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Feel free to let me know if you do, and let's just go ahead and get into it. The first question is you explaining what you do as your job because I have kind of explained it. We basically manage real estate for different companies, different corporations. Uh, but my job specifically is on a healthcare account. So we manage hospitals basically on behalf of our clients. So we manage all of their properties, all of their acquisitions. If they expand and buy new hospitals, basically we, we bring all those online and all the financing, all the uh, all the labor analytics for how those hospitals are run. Basically, we manage all of that and all their all their lease commitments. So, not as exciting as influencers, but it's uh, it's no. a necessary job. So it's uh, 
I like that you have something that's very different than what I do. We're actually recording this podcast at Aiden's desk that he works on. It's very cozy over here. Cozy is one way to put it. <laughs> it's I also might, really dark. I might dark. describe it as a dungeon. Michelle <laughs> yeah. might describe it as cozy. But it is kind of a dungeon. I remember you used to work in here until you described it as a dungeon, and yeah. then we switched desks. So. <laughs> it's it's you good, though. I'm only desks. here a couple days a week, so it's Yeah, it's he started going bad. back into the office a little bit, which you definitely like more than... Yeah, Working it's really alone. good. It's good. It's good to talk to people, not just uh, getting getting some Zoom fatigue. So, yeah, yeah. Good to have some face to face. Is that what you thought you would be doing in college? Now at this moment, pretty similar. Yeah, and it's a lot of Excel. I always joke that Aiden's an Excel wizard because he always looks at my sheets and he gets so upset that there are grid lines yeah, on there. Yeah, it's like there. a meltdown. <laughs> Got to turn those grid lines off. <laughs> but it's it's funny because I think it's a very kind of analytical role that you're in yeah definitely definitely. yeah but you like it but i get a lot of questions about what aiden does and i always talk about when i talk about finances and things like that and how you are really good at like the nitty-gritty of those things i think it's yeah which you wouldn't really think with me if you knew me personally that's not kind of who i am not very detail-oriented person in the day-to-day but when it comes to work i think so yeah it's a little different which is good Okay, this is a question that I have told the story of before, but it's to tell the story of how you met, which would have been, what, five years ago? What was it, that first week when we were at King's? We went to college at this college called the King's College in New York City, and then we had, like, house systems that were kind of like sororities and fraternities, but... It's kind of like the light version of fraternities. Like, you get the free version on the app store. You automatically get put into them, but you don't have to pay dues or anything. And you can kind of pick your choo- pick and choose how much you want to be involved. Yeah. And I think our freshman year, we were both pretty involved. Yeah, you mean? I'd say so. Yeah. It kind of died off after freshman year. And you year, had, like, but... brother and sister houses. Yep. So it was the guys and the girls. We had this event. And it was at the Brooklyn Bar. The Brooklyn Park. The Brooklyn Brooklyn Bridge Park. Park. Yeah, kind of felt like middle school. Everyone was kind of standing there stiff. It really was. I remember I was petting. I remember I was petting someone's dog. Who had a dog? Oh, Pavlina. It was Pavlina. And I remember you were petting her dog too. And that's when I I shook your hand. I remember that night. (laughs) (laughs) Shaking hands. You were wearing you were wearing your Browns t shirt. Brown bear. And I shook your hand. And I didn't really think much of it. I thought you were nice, but I hadn't really talked to you that much that night. Yeah, what did you think of me? And then somehow you got my number. I think it was in that group text. Yeah, snuck onto your phone. Petting the dog. (laughs) There was a group text of a lot of us and Adam was in it. And he and had... I remember I sent a text to that group chat mm-hmm. uh, probably like two days after we met. I was like, hey, guys, there's a Bruce Springsteen concert <laughs> in New Jersey if anyone's interested. There's probably like nine people in this group chat. It's a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. And it was just radio silence. No one... Nobody responded. Which is funny because now I would have been so down for that. But at the time, I was like, Bruce Springsteen. You didn't even know who that was, did you? Yeah. What? I just like that Eric Church song of Bruce Springsteen. We both like Springsteen. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that until like six months ago. But I didn't respond to that. And then probably a week later, you texted me individually to go to this. Was it a jazz club? If you live in New York, Dizzy's Jazz Club. It's It's the best one in the city. Yeah. Right over Central Park. And he said it was an open invite, which I assumed meant you could invite whoever you wanted. So Michelle brought four or five (laughs) friends with her when it was supposed to be a date. So I brought two friends. No, three friends with me. 
And they were like friends that I had just met, and I thought it was kind of a casual event. And, and I've talked about I, this. I was trying to impress Michelle by paying for everybody. It was and very, it was just a very, un, a very uncomfortable thing. After that, everyone was kind of like, "Why is this okay. weird guy paying for?" You? It's really You're weird. trying to be sweet. Then I got that overdraft fee the next morning. Oh so my was, gosh. No, and then you did that, and then probably a few days later, you then kind of were like, okay, I have to just, I got to ask her out individually. Dinner, and you recommended lunch. <laughs> and I remember I said, no, dinner's better. <laughs> and we went to the Spotted Pig in New York. And then I remember distinctly on that date, we walked there up uh-huh. the Hudson River. Uh, it was probably like a 30-minute walk, and you had this bad blister on your shoe. I had very many bad blisters. 10 minutes in, your, your foot was absolutely covered in blood. And we had to take a cab. We did have to take and then we got there, and I remember you didn't know I was a vegetarian, so I ordered the skimpy por- little pig. <laughs> it's out of business now, rest in peace. But it was a really good restaurant in New York, and they had like really good pork dishes, mm-hmm. like pulled pork and different things like that. But she uh, she got the, the I side got like salad, an appetizer salad. Which, yeah, I mean, to each his own. But but I knew I really liked you that first day. What, so. what made you think that? I remember on the walk home, we were walking by your apartment that you were at, and you told me that I could take your slippers to walk home. You took me through the subway, you walked me back home, and then we had an awkward side hug. Yeah, I remember that, in front of your roommate. In front of Lauren. Yeah, Lauren Davis. <laughs> it was just a very sweet first date, but that was how we met. And yeah. then we just kept going out after that, and the rest is history. Yeah. And now fast forward four now years. Now we're locked in. <laughs> no, but I'll ask the next question, which is what's been the hardest and best part of marriage, do you think? You can answer that one first. I'll start with the hardest because I think that I want to start with a somewhat negative then with a positive. Uh-oh. I think, no, it actually doesn't have to do with you. I think the hardest part for me was just as a individual thing was kind of like the change in what my life used to be like before in terms of my relationship with my family versus now. Yeah. Which I think my... It doesn't change much. No, my relationship with family is like pretty much the same. But before I was living at home, before we got married, mm. really close to everyone, used to like being around everyone, versus now, it's just us two, which I really like. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's not the hardest. I just feel like there aren't that many things between us that were super hard. Yeah, the first year was a little bumpier. <laughs> it's literally but still we the first then. year. No, the first year of dating, I mean. Oh, yeah, no, okay. I think we worked out a lot of kinks then. I think we were, yeah. we were both really honest with each but, other so, about what we wanted and what we didn't want. And mm-hmm. there were arguments that happened because of that. And that first year was a little bumpy. But after yeah. that, when those things, like, when you reach a compromise on those things and when you're upfront about what matters, you know, you, you get the smooth sailing afterwards. Uh, and there are small things that you talk about and things that you argue about. But for the most part, those things get worked out pretty quickly if yeah. you're upfront, which I think for the most part, we were pretty pretty honest with each other. I think when I said the thing about family, it was more so I was coming from, like, you get used to how your parents are in their marriage in terms of, like, the household I was in there. And then even when I was living with roommates in college, I felt like you really had to kind of cater to the roommate, too, versus now it's, like, creating creating a household of our own. I think that's it. And I don't know. You just grow up with all of these, like, traditions and, like, family norms, and you're creating your own I don't know how to put it into words. those are traditions and norms that you grow up with, so they're organic and they're kind of yeah. brought, like they're kind of top down, put onto your life. So you don't have to think of them yourself. But yeah. when you're living with a new person, not under the umbrella of your family, you kind of have to create those things for yourself, which takes yeah. a little bit of effort. I've also talked about this before on my podcast, but I think it's very different when you're in a committed dating relationship versus a committed 
marriage i just feel a lot more security in our relationship now that we're married because there's no way out (laughs) no (laughs) it's not that and i think that people say that like your love for each your love for each other goes away you know like the longer that you're together like you get out of the honeymoon phase that kind of thing but i genuinely yeah sparks and hormones love is love is enduring yeah and i obviously love getting to live with each other because that was something that we hadn't done for so long i don't think the honeymoon phase is that i don't think that's love i agree i think a lot of people mistake that for love yeah but i think it's really just uh excitement youth and hormones yeah so uh yeah what would you say it's really like the rock in your life Mm -hmm. and it's a foundation that makes going through you know different aspects of life whether it be work family Mm -hmm. or you know family disputes or trouble at work or different things like that i think having the rock and the commitment of marriage is kind of like it's the one thing you know that can be relied upon through mm. you know the different the different stormy seasons of life if that makes sense that was kind of what i was saying too yeah. i think it's like a nice thing to feel secure even though we were just talking about before dating i think it's important to feel secure in yourself before but, but you have to feel secure in yourself before you can feel secure in somebody else this is one that i actually get a lot and it's about how you learned how to do the finance related stuff. So I got Stocks lucky because my mom is a banker and my mom has been in banking for almost 30 years. Uh, and my grandfather was a real estate developer. So it's kind of something that's been in the family and my mom mm-hmm. and I have a very close relationship. So yeah. it's something that we really bonded over for a, a very long time. Um, so I learned the kind of the foundations and kind of the way that people talk about it and, you know, what what the industry looks like uh, through her. And then it's actually funny because I was never a good math student. Like I, mm. I failed pre-calculus twice and I failed calculus twice. Like I literally had to take it twice. And then when I passed those two classes, mm. it was by a very narrow margin. Mm. But for some reason, the finance stuff comes very, uh, very naturally to me. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, math when it's just like an abstraction. It's kind of it's hard to it's hard to make sense of in your brain. But when it's like in a tangible context, mm. like when it comes to money or when it comes to business, it just it makes a lot more sense when it's in something that you can kind of compartmentalize rather than just some like, you know, fugazi like abstract thing it's very hard to learn because i think one of my friends was talking about this on youtube where it's either people who have a ton of knowledge who are talking about it online so people are really far out yeah there's not a lot of people who are just kind of getting into it that are talking so about I it think the people without who... without making it sorry i'm cutting off without making it trendy so i think there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to make it like yeah, cute and trendy no, I, I think that all that is a bunch of a uh <laughs> hogwash is that what they call it (laughs) i think that they're trying to sell you a product by packaging you know timeless wisdom in these flashy products like robin hood yeah and what's the other one she vest or acorn what's the other one that they reached out the she and i don't know i don't know all these different things and they all have their way of branding it and uh these fancy flashy apps and their platforms but i think like the problem is is like these are things that we could teach in high school Mm -hmm. because when it comes down to it with finance that I learned is that incremental growth over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, 2%, 3% growth in profit a year over 30 years is way better than 800% growth over one year. And, you know, that's just a hypothetical, but like, you know, long-term sustainable growth in a company is, is what you're looking for when you're investing. So like, for example, Tesla, like I think Elon Musk is great. Tesla's great. 
But Tesla's really trendy. They don't make, really make a lot of money. For a while, they didn't make any money. Mm. But their you know stock was returning you know eight or nine hundred percent a year. And it's like you want to, you want to think about like the principle of compounding interest because you know things grow a lot larger at a compounding rate over a long period of time than than just these like you know little pops of returns mm. over short periods of time. So you want I think you really want to look for something that's just like. It really comes down to the basics. It's like, is a company actually serving a need in the market? I, th- I think Costco is the best example. Like, mm-hmm. they're a company like Walmart that actually like values their customer. So they have like they produce the same goods as Walmart, but they you know they pass that savings on to the customer, which gives them so much customer loyalty. And they and they've had incremental growth over many like many number of years. And when it comes to finance, like I just think that that principle of incremental slow sustainable mm-hmm. growth is is much more realistic than these fast wins. Uh, and it's just a good way to think about your money in general, like how you manage your money in general, just you know, incremental, long-term, really preservation of value instead of you know, these, these fast shortcuts that lead to, you know, Dogecoin will get, you, you know, might make some people <laughs> you did rich. Dogecoin. Short term. Yeah. And you know, I did it for how fun. How much did you make off it? I don't know, like 400 bucks. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't like life changing amount of money. And I think it's fine to do that stuff, but I think you need to be honest with yourself about what is speculating, you know, in other words, what is gambling mm. and what is actually investing. And yeah. I think investing is looking at something on a decade long like it's saving enough money for it to be a, you know, $1,000 or $2,000, like a, a real amount of money, $5,000, $10,000, mm. saving that money first and then looking at a business that you think is going to be around in 10 years and mm. is going to be innovating new products in 10 years and putting your money into that. And I feel like from a faith perspective, it's like you're called to be a good steward of your money. That's from God. And I think that kind of goes along with you don't want to gamble your money. And... Yeah, don't look for shortcuts. I think that's a uh, pretty... Uh, I think that's a pretty universal principle mm-hmm. in life and it's it's hard with money because it's very tempting to look for those shortcuts mm-hmm. and i think like even just to quench your thirst for like you know getting you know the 200 percent return 300 percent return from dogecoin in a few days like if you set aside some money to do that but you know tell yourself what that is mm-hmm. like that's fine but don't conflate or confuse investing with with speculating if yeah that makes sense i don't know if that's too no that was great I can tell what you're passionate about. Yeah, I don't know if I'm passionate <laughs> about this. You just spent like 50 minutes on that question. Really? <laughs> no, that's a good well, thing, though. I think prudence though. is something that's so overlooked today. Yeah, because that's not to the... say that I think that a lot of, at least I used to think when I wasn't investing money, like, oh, that's just for rich people or people who want to live a flamboyant no, lifestyle. That. And that's really not. And that's why I like what Dave Ramsey says about you got to live like no one else. You can give like no yeah, one else, I agree with that. which sounds so cheesy, but I think especially as a Christian or anyone, I don't even think you have to be a Christian, the importance of just generosity. I mean, that's and the whole point of it, right? I'd like to know your thoughts on what I do as a job. What are your opinions on it as mm. a full-time content creator? It's very different. You think it's very different? Because yeah. I think a lot of people would have the idea of at least like i think i if i were to marry someone who was doing a freelance job yeah. so to say i would be a little like oh first and foremost i didn't marry you for your job no so regardless of what you're doing i'm not thinking of it as like i'm gonna marry this person because they're doing x that's not the right way to that's think how a this. lot of people think though yeah i mean i hate to break it to those people but you're not gonna have a happy marriage if that's the way you go into it because you're not because people lose jobs all the time you know people yeah. lose jobs People don't get the promotion. 
a person's not defined by their job. I mean, that's just plain yeah. and simple. What I've liked is that you have always been supportive, but you've never been. I think well, it would be easy to look at this kind of job and be like, oh, I, because there are people who make a lot of money doing what I'm doing and yeah. kind of take shortcuts like we were talking about earlier with investing. There's ways that you can kind of get really famous really quickly. And I could see someone wanting to be a part of that too and wanting to kind of get the clout and all yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know why you want to be a part of that. <laughs> Comes with a lot of anxiety and other issues. But it is much more of a mess on the inside than it is looking for Yeah, the Aiden like genuinely sees it's the a tough most job. of it's a lot of work goes yeah. into it and a lot of uh you have to bear different burdens uh mm-hmm. you know with a lot of eyes on you. Which yeah. you know it it, it is a lot it's a luxury of a problem but it is still a problem. Like it's yeah. a it's a luxury of a problem to have. Like good problem to have yeah it's a good responsibility to have but it also i wouldn't want to be doing anything else Mm. you'd like to be riding horses i think oh i would love to be riding horses (laughs) you like animals a lot (laughs) oh yeah but i'd love to be no yeah yeah. it's it's a tough job that's what i've learned from it Mm. i have a lot of respect for it to be honest you support me really well in ways that doesn't take you being a huge part of it yeah, I don't like to be a huge part of it. And I think that's that was another question I got. I don't like to I think got. of you as a YouTuber. I like to think of you as my wife. I don't know. I, I think it's better for these things to be... Because uh, it is a job. It takes yeah. you many hours a week. Like I think people forget that. So I think it's better for... like In terms of... So my whole thing with Michelle's YouTube is that she needs to preserve... She needs to preserve the core competency, the core value that she started mm-hmm. with. Because that's her value. She's been around yeah. for a decade. Like That's her value proposition. Uh, and that's what she brings to, you know, the YouTube market that's different than other people. What first attracted you to the other person? The first date. I thought you were pretty. I was really quiet when we first started dating, I though. I like that, though. Yeah. A lot of people have opinions. And I know I have a lot of opinions. I have opinions. And I know my opinions, uh, that's something that annoys a lot of people about me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like that about you, that you weren't uh, just eager to share your perspective on everything. Okay. I think that's nice. I think it's nice. That's refreshing because I don't think a lot of people think that. Think that about you? I think that people, no, not necessarily about me, just in terms of people. Yeah. I think it's nice when people, you know, have a quiet heart and quiet spirit and, you know, reflect upon things. Okay, mine, I (coughs) knew this from the start. It was your voice. That was the first thing that I really liked about you. Hmm. You had a very I don't have a dreamy voice. For the voice. Camera. I got a voice for radio. Is that what you're about? You have says? a yeah. No, he says I have a face for radio. Yeah, it's the opposite <laughs> with me. Got a voice for. Voice you have for... a great voice. Well, thanks. And I also liked you. Made me feel very again secure. Like what? What? What in particular made you think that? I don't know. I just felt very safe with you. Yeah. I also didn't feel like you were being different with me than you would be with friends or with other people. I didn't think that you were putting on a show for me and then being different when you weren't for me, which was really you didn't important. You think I was putting on a show? A little bit with the fancy dinners. Aiden would take me on nice dinners. Yeah, we didn't have a, like a meal plan at King, so my mom would send me money every week yeah. to get food. So I would just, uh, I was 160 pounds and I was a freaking You were tiny. And uh, instead of buying groceries with the money that I was sent, I would mm. take Michelle out on ice dinners. And then I would eat <laughs> That's food so out head. of the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's so... I'm kidding. I no, don't. You wouldn't do that. something pretty close to that. You would eat scraps that your roommates had and stuff like that. For about a year. Which is so funny because I 
like those things were nice but i also really liked when we would walk on the promenade and yeah, brooklyn heights which is like where we got engaged too. simple things like that like those are most of the things i remember I know, but when you're an 18 year old guy in new york kind of like, yeah i think that's what you, you assume that what is the biggest change from moving from the north to the south from your perspective people okay people are way more upfront in and the north honest no I totally games. agree, which can be a really great thing. People yeah. are very, very, very polite mm-hmm. to your face. Well, that's just how you're raised here. It's yes, it's sir, no, sir. how you're raised up north, at least in Rhode Island mm-hmm. in Providence. But, uh, yeah, Dallas and Providence are two very, very different places. I think for me the biggest thing was just how much more slow life is here and just easier. And I think that might it have been... It is a lot easier. My metabolism, man, when I got married, moved to Dallas, and I started eating no. those butter-cooked meals. I do not make butter-cooked meals. <laughs> well, I just mean in general. The food here it's is like the butter chicken I made. The food here it. is so tasty. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I, you drive everywhere. You don't walk everywhere. You don't walk everywhere in New York. You walk miles every day. And, you you know, your metabolism keeps up with that. That is very true. Uh, it's very different in Dallas. It's, it's, but i it's love it it's a very livable yeah. place it's a very nice place and i like to say that i'm not i'm not trying to generalize about every mm-hmm. southerner i don't think that's the case or every, every northerner or most northerners <laughs> like that. people are pretty honest up there they'll tell yeah. you how they're feeling which is great and you know new york is pretty it's a different beast in new england mm-hmm. uh but um but the south is very different than both those places yeah so i like it though good for me to, i love it it's good for me to get used to i just remember being in new york where it was me scrambling to bring home groceries it was so hard to bring home stuff it's also obviously i mean i think it's getting more expensive here but it is a lot more expensive up north for the most part way more expensive that'd be a difference way more expensive i mean for for what we're paying to live here in new york we would be living in we would live, be living in a closet no, literally. I remember when we were about to, it was right before COVID. We didn't know we were going to be moving, but we were looking at, do you remember those studio apartments in the Upper West Side we were looking at? So small. Basically the size of our bedroom now and our bathroom probably. Next question is kind of juicy. Juicy question is biggest pet peeve about each other. You go first. Me over. Yeah. Hmm. How fast you talk? That's okay. The north versus the I south. Know, y'all I know. Talk, you, I, I just said you y'all. Just said I never y'all. say y'all. You guys talk so slow. I am so. You guys know if you listen to my podcast. We don't take time to think. We just talk. You probably have to fast forward my podcast because I speak pretty slowly, and it takes me a while to process what other people are saying. And it's hard for me to get a say in a conversation because it's just going so fast. But you know what I've learned about the South? What? I've learned that there are some extremely, extremely smart people here who speak slowly, and from like our pastor today. But 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 that was probably for speaking purposes. But people up north, at least me, from mm-hmm. my upbringing before I moved down here, would overlook people like that because of the way they talk and because of the way that they articulate their ideas. Would completely overlook them and discount them as not intelligent. Uh, well, that's which, wrong. I know it's wrong. I'm admitting to it. I'm saying that there are stigmas, at least that I grew up with, about the South, 
and about the way people talk in the South that are completely wrong and completely inaccurate. Biggest pet peeve about me. I am interested to know this. I think one thing... Uh, hmm. <laughs> You're going through the list in your mind? No, no. There's not a list. Promptness is something oh, you value yeah. way more than I do. That This was when we first started dating. The biggest source of, I think, our conflicts would have been the promptness. Because yeah, I'm like, I'm a big believer in being casually late. Like, oh, nobody no. remembers the person who's on time. It's because I was on... People remember the person who's 10 minutes late and comes mm. in and makes an appearance. Yeah, because it was rude that they showed up 10 but, minutes late. Well, it's late. rude, but there's a reason why they came in late. Mm. Well, that's what people think, at least. But like, Yeah, you but know, when we first started dating... I'm and... just kidding, but it's it's cat. Like, yeah. I'm a big believer in, you say you're going to get there at 2 o'clock, you're either going to get there at one fifty-five or 2.15. It's because you love to sleep so much, though. You would just sleep until the last minute possible when it should have been 10 minutes before you thought the last minute possible was. Where would you live if you didn't live in Texas right now in this point in time? Probably New York. Really? That's not what I was going to say. What are you going to say? California? No. Florida? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, Florida's great. We talked about that. But New York is... Yeah, I guess I didn't think about practically... I just really like If Florida. COVID never happened, we wouldn't be living in Texas. I know. We would still be in New York. We would probably be there until we and were don't 30. Don't get me wrong. Like, after living in Dallas for a year, like, I don't think I'd rather live in New York. I mean, if yeah. the circumstances were right. Like, if I wasn't living in Texas, where would mm-hmm. I live during normal circumstances? Yeah. No, us No, during right normal now. circumstances or, like, still considering COVID? No, just right now. Things are opening up. Where would you live? If money was no object? Okay, a realistic <laughs> place. The moon, no. No, I don't know. There's so no, many... I, it's because we went to we went to Santa Barbara for a wedding, and now Aiden's gung-ho about. But we would, never, we would never live there, though. Why not? Because we would live in a shack. Yeah, true. You can't get much for your money there. It's a very yeah. expensive place to live. But it was beautiful. And I don't think oh, we were gorgeous. expecting to like it there. I think like that a, was it. It's like a paradise. I just thought, yeah. With the mountains that close and people, to the ocean. I hadn't heard that people were nice there, but people were so nice. It was just a really yeah. lovely experience. People are great. Uh, plenty of sunshine. And the mountains are so close to the ocean. I've we're all about sunlight like now. We love places Vitamin that D, have a baby. lot of sunlight. It makes you happy. It really Spend does. Spend time in the sun. It literally... I mean, and that's why I would say Florida. And this is right from the from Joe Rogan, but vitamin D is a hormone. It's not just a vitamin; like it, it's a it's a happiness hormone. Like it's yeah. something our our bodies crave. And uh, Texas is great for sun. Florida is great is. for sun. New York, three months of the year is great for sun, <laughs> which is too bad. New York is great for other reasons. So but New York is there's no city in the world like New York. no. There's nothing like New York. And I'm really and excited it, to go back for I a little. Cannot bit. wait to go back. It, I. But I, don't I think, think ever live I there. think everyone at some point in their life should live in New York. I think yeah. you learn so much about people. I think you learn so much about you know work ethic. I think you learn so much about you know what it means to have fun with friends. And mm. I think New York offers things that. And know, being there when we were eighteen it's a, was just it's an I can't believe place to live. it's yeah. a truly incredible place, especially during your formative years. If you're a young person, mm-hmm. you know, spending a year or two in New York is. Uh, I don't think there's anything that can compare to it. There's no, no other city like it. There's really but not. realistically, Florida. I mean, I'd live in Miami. I would certainly I live in Miami. Uh, I'd live in New York. I'd live in Miami. I'd live in Santa Barbara. I'd live in Austin or Dallas. Yeah. And there are plenty of other places I'd live in. You're that... talking about wanting to visit Charlotte. 
I think Charlotte's a wonderful city. Let's just do a few more. Actually, I'll add another place to that. I know. I would live in Montana or Idaho. Have you even been there? Yes, Montana? I have. Yellowstone. You went to Yellowstone. I've been to Yellowstone. I've been to Wait, Montana. wait. So when Aiden was the... growing up, he went to all of these national parks. My, my mom, this was the great, one of the greatest things about her. She took us to a different national park every summer. And yeah. we went to Yellowstone. We went to the Grand Tetons. We went to Wyoming, Jackson Hole. We we were in Idaho. It's it's a beautiful place, yeah. up there by the you know, the Pacific Northwest, and then a little bit in inland. It's it's gorgeous. It's absolutely. I've never been though. I would love to go. Yeah, it's if you watch Yellowstone, you know it's beautiful. Which is coming back. Come back in the fall, fall twenty twenty one. Do we disagree about anything? I think on important things we don't disagree on, like our values and things like that. No, but those are things like. The foundational things you have. Like, like if we should order pizza one yeah, night. I'm, yeah, I'm down to order pizza all the time. For Telly, if you live in yeah. Dallas, the best pizza. So small things like that, I think we disagree on. But I think there, on... There oh, definitely wait. is a number No, I think the way to do things. I would say you like to do things differently than me. What kind of things? Like, like different routes when we're driving. <laughs> different routes when we're driving like i have a different way of going about doing things than you (laughs) i just follow apple maps i do not use google maps oh what do you think help me out it's not foundational things which i think is important i think if you have foundational things that you disagree on it's probably bad it's bad if it no i don't think it's bad to have foundational differences i really don't I think it's bad to have foundational differences that go on unresolved for a long period of time. But I don't think you resolve your foundational differences. I think you do. I think you definitely Like if can. you grew up with a different worldview than someone and then you're going to... I think a lot of people grow up with different... I think some of the most successful marriages are two people who grow up with different worldviews. I phrased that the wrong way. I mean, when you get married or get into a serious relationship, I think you should have similar worldviews at that moment. Yeah, I would. No. I wouldn't have started you dating both, you. I think if you, you have to be. You have to share values, but you have to be open-minded enough to know that if you disagree on a certain mm-hmm. value or a certain, you know, morality, you you have to be humble enough to know that you might be wrong, and you have to be willing to engage a conversation with your partner or with somebody else mm-hmm. to find common ground on those things. Because the reality is, is most things, <laughs> there are certain foundational things that you know are undisputable. And they're the big questions. Okay, like, like, like really for example, I think like faith, but then yes, when you go into specifics about, of... I think a lot of people grow with those kind of ideas. I think, you, you know, you might believe something when you're 20 and you start dating somebody. Oh, but yeah. But most people believe one thing when they're 20 that they don't believe when they're 23. Yeah. Or 25. Or yes, yes. So my point is, is that, yes, there are like the big questions, big you know what i would say religious questions Mm -hmm. the big you know questions on religious morality on uh, you know genesis like the way that you know what what the purpose human beings have on on this planet like i think those are foundational things that you need to share but there are a lot of nuances that fall within that umbrella uh -hmm. that you know you you if you trust the other person's commitment to what is right uh, I think trust is what was what the, the the most defining foundational thing is to have with another person, and if you I trust agree. that the other person has a commitment to what is true and what is right, you'll both discover things together that you wouldn't have discovered on your own. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. So, what do you think we disagree on? 
I mean, there are there are small things that we disagree on. <laughs> you just can't keep saying that without saying what I, they I, are. Oh. See, it's hard to think of them. What well, is because I can't. I can't. S- You're moving the chair around too much. It's squeaking. Before we started dating, what was one of your relationship deal breakers? A lack of trust in the other person. Yeah. If somebody else, if if you're dating somebody who makes you question, uh, you know, there. If, if you're actually dating somebody and mm-hmm. the other person has expressed care in you, and then if you go home every night and you're questioning whether or not that person is doing the right thing, or if that person mm-hmm. is, you know, just playing you. I mean, I think that's a deal breaker, 100%. Yeah. Because that's not a way to live life, right? I mean... Yeah, we were not down for playing games. But think about how much time that takes away from things that matter. Yeah. Like, if you... It's just not nice. It's not nice, and it also... It distracts you from... You know, it's college is an important time to learn and to, Mm -hmm. you know, invest yourself in what you're learning and what you're doing and what you're working on. If you're spending, you know, I think it's important to to date in college and have relationships in college. But if you're spending your entire four years in college just, uh, you know, going back and forth with some unsustainable person Mm -hmm. who's doing things that, you know, constitute untrustworthiness. Leaders clarify confusion. Exactly. I think if you're... With somebody who just like likes being in limbo and mm. likes having one foot in the door, I think that's that's a uh, something worth severing. I don't yeah. think that's something worth sticking around for, because that person is obviously either not mature enough to mm. know what they want, or that person likes playing games with you. I think for me, mine was probably dating someone who didn't have ambition in their life and drive in their life. It's an important thing. It is really important. And that was something that I liked about you. Really? You had drive outside of just me. How do you handle working from home together? So now we only work from home together probably a couple of days of the week. I feel like you're about to say something. Yeah, I'm about to funny. go off. <laughs> you're going to say, give me Michelle the nice desk outside. No, or so here's the problem my desk is in our bedroom, <laughs> our only bathroom is in our bedroom. And I pee a lot. <laughs> and Michelle pees a lot. And Michelle also, when she gets up, starts moving around. Going back Which to is that, a great go, thing. Going back to what I was saying about how particular she is with things. Mm-hmm. She starts moving things around. The curtains go up. The curtains <laughs> curtain start moving. Vacuum starts running. I'm I'm kind of in the center of the highway. And, uh, you know. Oh, during the day, yeah. During the day, there's lots of movement. There is. And, and that's uh, why The movement to leads to <laughs> hour-long endeavors Dusting. You discover there's great. a cabinet that needs it, it, to be you know, organized. These are great things. These are great things that she does, and yes. she she keeps the place in good shape. She makes this place a wonderful home. Yeah. But when you're when you're deep in the spreadsheets, <laughs> when you're reading those leases, you know the vacuum running behind you and cash barking running all over the place. Me saying sit, sit, yeah, sit. And, you know Michelle has trained cash better than anything I've ever seen. But they're also, I don't know, if you live in Dallas, you know this, but a lot of the apartments here don't have doors. So they'll call it a one-bedroom, but it's not really a one-bedroom. Yeah, we don't have, it's, it's our like whole apartment studio. is connected. Yeah, so our living room is connected to our bedroom, and they call it a one-bedroom, but it's a studio. there's no door on that bedroom. Yeah. It's just a really big studio. Yeah. So you hear everything. I think I try to kind of get out of the house a little bit, too. And you do, too. Like, you'll do your drive to Starbucks to get coffee. Yeah. And I'll try to leave Walk at least once a day. Yeah, I'll run some errands. 
It's really not that bad, I think one of the hardest things about working from home is the transition from sleep to work. Yeah. It's... That's because you don't have a good... You need to have a morning routine. Having a commute... Having a commute or having a routine where you, you know, in New York, when I was interning... Like, imagine you worked out in the morning. It's not going to happen. Let's be (laughs) honest. Uh... Getting on the subway, you know, it, it would take me 40 minutes to get to my office when I was interning in New York. And, you know, you wake up during those 40 minutes. And I think you yeah. play a trick on your mind that tells you you're ready to work. When you yeah. go from, I don't know, I mean, my desk is literally less than. <laughs> it's a foot it's away. Than, it's five. Yeah, it's five feet away from our bed. We're looking at it right now. Yep. And uh, it's hard. It, it, things turn into kind of a cloud or kind of a blur when you, you know, don't have those clear, stark transitions in your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my day always feels a lot more complete when I actually go to the office. After You're always really there. excited to see me, too, when you come home. Yeah, I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to see Cash. It's, uh, you know, those are things that you anticipate throughout the day when you're not home. Uh, and they're things that you take for granted when you are home. Uh, so I, th- I think it's good to have that separation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this one's very light. If you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mine would definitely be Mexican. I'm on this kick right now. Where I really like brisket tacos. So I think not Mexican. Tacos. That's Tex-Mex. Okay, well, Tex-Mex It's then. not. Okay, you're going to get heat. Those what do you think is Mexican? Tex-Mex and Mexican are not the same thing. Like enchiladas? Torchies and like a hole-in-the-wall Mexican place. I don't even think Torchies has brisket tacos. I've never gotten brisket Torchies tacos. Torchies is not Mexican. No, brisket tacos from Velvet Taco. That's not Mexican. Okay, well, I mean Tex-Mex. Like legit enchiladas? Like brisket tacos with the side of like beans or street corn. That would be mine. I mean, that sounds great. What about you? I'll pretty much eat anything. Burger, steak. I think pizza. Pizza? I don't know why I'm not really a pizza person. You're not, are you? I'll eat it, but it's not like my go-to. Because no, it makes me feel really bloated. To be honest with you, I think a ribeye steak. Yeah. A ribeye steak. With like broccoli. Medium rare. Potatoes. with No, broccoli and those rosemary potatoes that you make. Yes, you have. What are rosemary potatoes? They're like the they're the baked they're not baked potatoes, but they're like the the chopped potatoes yeah. with the rosemary on them. Okay, you've made those. I don't think I've ever made those. Oh, maybe I just don't know what rosemary is. Do you think that my social media portrays me how I am in real life? I think uh, I think your willingness to be vulnerable on camera uh, definitely. I would if you weren't willing to be vulnerable on camera, I would say no. Yes. But I think oftentimes I've seen you be vulnerable on camera, uh, which I think does kind of show that, you know, you you do have struggles with this stuff. You do have Mm. struggles in your life. Uh, You're not just Mm. happy-go-lucky traveling all the time or whatever, you know, Mm. what most people are showing on social media. I think your willingness to show vulnerability uh, definitely does – communicate something more real and i think you're also pretty honest about your positions about your about your beliefs Mm -hmm. and about your uh your predispositions that you believe in your constitution uh and i think a lot of people kind of i think a lot of times people like to like to avoid talking about those kinds Mm -hmm. of things because and you know for good reasons because you know nobody wants to like the faith and morals that kind of thing yeah i think people People shy away from that a lot of the times on social media because they don't want to alienate people. Uh, and I think you do a good way of both not alienating people but also articulating your perspective, uh, which I think is pretty unique to, to what you do. That's really nice. 
I think it's it makes true. Makes me happy. Those are all the questions that we answered before we got really hungry and decided to get some dinner. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Feel free to let me know if you guys want me to do more episodes with him. Obviously, I do like to kind of like separate our relationship from online and whatnot, but I do think it's fun every now and then just to have Aiden on. So if that's something you like, feel free to let me know. Feel free to write a review if you guys enjoyed. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast or follow if you're on Spotify. I upload every single Monday. And like I mentioned in this episode, you guys really are just my favorite. I love my podcast listeners. You guys mean the world to me when you share on your Instagram on Mondays, how you're listening. I respond to every single story you guys tag me in when you mention the podcast because it seriously means the world to me. Honestly, I respond to all stories I'm tagged in. So always feel free to tag me in stories. It's just at Michelle Reed. It really does mean so much to me. So I hope you guys are well. I hope this was a very just entertaining, lighthearted episode for you guys. And I'll catch you guys in my next one. Bye, friends. (music)